What is happening, OTC listeners? Another episode of the OTC Outside the Comics podcast is in your life. Your life after two weeks of me going hiatus. Can't really say hiatus. I've been away for some training purposes, work purposes. I think it's about time that you guys finally know what exactly that I do. For those of you who don't know, I am currently in the National Guard. I've been in the National Guard for about four years, and every year I go away for two weeks to do some training. So that's exactly where I've been. And funny thing, every time when I go away, that's when new stuff just starts popping up out of nowhere within the comic book industry. The comic book world, the comic book universe that you and I live in. So, came back, pretty much just spent a day to myself to try to regroup, regather my thoughts together. Went back to work today, and uh, yeah, pretty much everything is all good, everything's all Gucci, everything is all, we're all chilling like villains here, and uh Wanted to gather my notes and gather every single piece of news that's been happening these past couple of weeks since my last episode of the podcast. And it's at a time where I'm like, wow, more DC stuff is still popping uh, more than Marvel stuff, which is really nothing new. But at the same time, I thought to myself, all right, some gentle points, some interesting points to talk about. So... I don't know how long this episode is going to be, could be close to an hour long, maybe an over an hour long, so with all further ado, let's get right down to it, shall we? <clears throat> this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Using this app can allow you to record your own podcast in any way, shape, or form, and if you don't feel like doing that, you get to listen to other people and support them in any way you want. Keep in mind that this offer is... Completely unsponsored, and of course, I'm only going to be using it for a couple more weeks because I'm going to get paid soon, therefore me getting my new computer and my new camera. With that being said, go ahead if you want to start off free, download Anchor now, enjoy yourself, tell your friends, tell your battle buddies, tell your cat, tell your dog, tell your lizard, tell anybody that you want to tell. Download Anchor, have fun with it, I know I am, but slowly it's coming to an end. (laughs) <laughs> so let's let's jump right into it shall we like normally i would start off with more marvel than dc or vice versa depending on what's important news but since this is a hashtag too much shit going on today and i'm going to touch based on everything that i feel like has been important these past couple of weeks i'm going to be jumping around a lot so hope you all enjoy the show now Let's first start off by me saying, uh, since I've been away, I've been retweeting a couple of things over the piece of news of what's been going on with James Gunn, with the whole Marvel controversy, with what's going on in DC, with what's going on in upcoming movies, and so on and so forth, right? And... It was no surprise to me that James Gunn firing, that James Gunn's firing from Disney because of the stuff that he wrote on Twitter over 10 years ago with being, you know, joking about rape and pedophilia and all that shit, which is, in my personal opinion, should not warrant him enough 
for him to get fired, but at the same time, like, there should be a penalty. Like, maybe if there's a fine, or maybe he can do some, I don't know, some counseling or whatever. Like, basically, in my personal opinion, I don't think he should have deserved to lose his job for what he did. Considering that it was over 10 years ago, and considering that, you know, I'm of the opinion that sometimes a lot of people are not themselves as they were before or they would say shit on Twitter for some stupid reasons or this I don't know I'm not the right guy to think about what's highly moral and what's not what's acceptable and what's not because if you remembered a couple of episodes ago I did read over James Gunn's tweets and they were definitely extremely offensive but like I said I don't think it's enough for him to get fired from it so what does this bring to my point We already know that James Gunn firing is permanent. It was a long shot for Disney to rehire him back. And I believe it was last week that they was like, no, we're not going to do it. We're not going to hire him back. Fuck this guy. We're not going to have anything to do with him. Kevin Feige, I know a buddy of mine said that Kevin Feige had no choice. The CEO of Marvel had no choice but to support his decision. Like, yeah, he had no choice but to support the decision because at the end of the day, they're working for Disney. Marvel Studios is owned by Disney. So there's only so much free reign or freedom that they can actually say. What's interesting to me the most, however, is the fact that throughout everything that I've read and throughout everything that I've been seeing up to this point, the only guy, the only guy that seems to stand up for James Gunn so much more than anybody else. Anybody else in the Guardians cast is none other than Dave Bautista. That to me is very interesting. The guy who plays Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. Dave Bautista is the only guy out of everyone to speak upfront and honest of how much of a great guy James Gunn is, how much of an awesome person that he is, how much of a treat that he's working with, and how much, you know, how much of he's a positive influence on other people, and yada, yada, yada. So, when I saw this, this pretty much gave me two different things to think about. Either one, he cares about James Gunn so much more than anybody else, or... This is Dave Bautista's way of trying to get fired from Disney. Because after the firing of James Gunn, Dave Bautista openly said that working for Disney has been extremely nauseating. I think there was at one point that he even compared Disney to Donald Trump. And let me tell you guys something. If you're willing to go so low to compare a major corporation like Disney to Donald Trump. That says something. That actually that actually says something in its own way, in my personal opinion. So, I've gotten a few questions where people are like, why don't Dave Bautista just leave, you know, Guardians if he's really unhappy with, you know, with what's been going on? It doesn't work that way. Because Bautista is locked by contract to play Guardians until his contract expires or until the movie expires. Or the movie is done or whichever. So there was 
some talk about whether James Gunn's script was going to be used and they made a firm decision in terms of the fact that they were going to keep James Gunn's script. Um, But who would replace him? If they're not going to use James Gunn, who would be the best guy to replace him? And... We can look for tons and tons of people, tons of people with visual directors like, you know, Zack Snyder and tons of people like, um, I don't know, Steven Spielberg, even though I'm sure he won't be interested in something like that. But I think the one guy that would come to mind more than anybody else would have to be, um, I completely forgot his name, uh, uh, Taiki Wakiki, Watiti, Taiku Watiti. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name, but basically the director for Thor Ragnarok. And here's the reason why. I recently bought, before I left for training, I recently bought Avengers 3 on my PS4, including the bonus features. All of that was 20 bucks. If you still have not got it now, go ahead and get it, download it, and it's, it's freaking awesome. You pretty much keep it for life. And I saw the bonus features of what the seven directors, including the Russo brothers, including um, Josh Sweden, including everybody else that has worked literally for over 10 years from Iron Man all the way to this point. Every director that has sat down together and has picked off each other in terms of what went well, how were they able, how were they able to make this magic happening and so on and so forth. <laughs> Excuse me. It only makes sense that someone that works within Marvel Studios as a director should pick off over James Gunn's work that is closely resembled to not only comedy but to also an action-packed based movie that is very similar but not exactly the same, if that makes any sense. So, I think my top choice for... The director for Guardians of the Galaxy 3 would have to be the director for Thor Ragnarok. That would be my uh, number one choice. Because I'm sure in some way they have worked together in some in some shape, uh, way, shape, or form. They've, they've had to. Especially since their project movies are so closely related since we've gotten Avengers Infinity War. Um, at this point, this is, this is just me talking. This is just me wishing for something that I know might not happen, but I don't see who better for you to try to pick for someone to take over as director. Now, there could be some scheduling problems. Maybe, um, Watiti, if that, I'm sorry if I'm butchering his name again. Um, maybe he wants more money or maybe he's busy doing other projects or whatever the case, but I don't see anyone else that can do, probably do a better job. I really, really can't. I can't. And what's very interesting to me is ever since that James Gunn became a quote unquote free agent, now other companies are going to want him for his work. Case in point, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers have interested have become very interested in getting James Gunn to their side can you imagine 
what Warner Brothers will be like if they have James Gunn under their umbrella. Can you imagine the, the type of DC movies that he can be able to direct that's not only colorful, but fun, that's meaningful, that can provide um, a strong basis for other superheroes to follow? Like, it doesn't have to be dark and gritty like the, like the past DC Extended Universe films can be. You know, it could be fun. It could be James Gunn's passion. It could be his own way. I have to say, though, if Warner Brothers succeeded, succeeds in getting James Gunn, it would be a massive steal for them. It would be a huge loss to Disney, and it would be a massive steal to Warner Brothers, especially since they're rival companies. And if Warner Brothers doesn't get him, guess who else could get him? NBC Universal. Why not? Universal Studios? Comcast, basically. Since Universal Studios is owned by Comcast. Comcast could get um, uh, James Gunn. Hell, there was a rival executive producer at one point that said that he would kill to have James Gunn by his side. So, my point that I'm trying to make is... James Gunn is highly valued. He's highly valued for his work. He's highly valued for his directing. Directing. He's highly he's highly highly valued for his script writing. He's highly valued for his input on how to make an extraordinary movie, and make it into an art form and make it into a a, a spectacular film. But at the end of the day, it's up to James Gunn to know what he wants to do or who he wants to side with. I know from his point of view, or I can speculate from his point of view, he's hurt, he's damaged right now, he wants nothing to do with, probably doesn't want anything to do with movies, and he'd rather see his work in terms of Guardians 3 come to fruition, and he doesn't want anyone to leave the project in any way, shape, in a... Basically, he wants everything to be kept intact. But at the same time, you have to move forward and you're going to have to make some moves. And if he goes with Warner Brothers, I think it's only going to be a matter of time than uh, Dave Bautista and probably someone else. Since I'm willing to bet, I am willing to bet my bottom dollar that I don't even have right now. I'm willing to bet... That other people, if Dave Bautista is going to leave Guardians for whatever reason, if he's going to leave Disney for whatever reason, or he tries to get himself fired for whatever reason, other people is going to follow. It's that conformity factor. So, at this point, we'll just wait and see what happens. But, I'm really, really hoping the best for James Gunn. I really, really do. I really do. Whew. A lot of James Gunn talk, especially for the Marvel stuff. <laughs> so, in other news that I've, that I've actually found out, we finally got a villain that's been confirmed for Margot Robbie's Birds of Prey. And it's none other than the Black Mask. So, I find this to be very interesting because... If Black Mask is going to be the main villain for Birds of Prey, 
And the Penguin most likely is going to be the main villain for Matt Reeves' The Batman, which probably will be released in 2020, therefore going into production sometime next year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it has to be around 2019 if they're going to release a project in 2020. Uh, who would be the perfect person to play Black Mask? You can name hundreds of actors. You can name hundreds of people that can give a good portrayal of the Black Mask. But I don't know anyone off the top of my head right now. All I know is that he better be conniving. He better be... Like, like, put it this way: when I'm when I'm picturing Black Mask, I'm picturing like a mob boss, like a genuine mob boss with a white piece suit and the no pun intended, the mask that he wears, and him just ruining shit, like him just like no one can touch him. Uh, if the Birds of Prey, however, are going to be the main protagonists. Is it an interesting direction for them to be the main quote-unquote hero since they're supposed to be bad guys? Or at least a few of them, such as Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, if she's going to be in there, the Huntress, and whoever is going to be in, in uh, introduced or included into the movie. You know, so there are pros and cons to how you want to look at this. There, re- there really are, but it's going to be fun seeing Black Mask. Uh, for the first time in theaters, like literally on the big screen, and not see him through the animation pictures such as Batman Under the Red Hood or in the Batman Arkham City game, which is probably the best Arkham game that I've ever played, and I believe it's way more, it's highly more valued than uh, Batman Arkham Knight. That's that's just my opinion. That's that's just my opinion. Speaking of DC movies. Um, Supergirl is now getting into the works of becoming her own, of becoming her own reboot, her own movie. And apparently Warner Brothers now wants Supergirl and Batgirl to be directed by female directors. I believe they want the success of what went on with Wonder Woman the first time and they want to continue that trend. In a way, it kind of makes sense because female roles should be in a particular way. I wouldn't say all of them. I can't say all of them because, you know, we've, we've, had, we've seen tons of female roles that they've been directed by male directors. And so far, they've done okay. Off the top of my head, you look at Kill Bill. Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. Directed by Quentin Tarantino. And Quentin Tarantino has been deemed to be one of the best legendary directors of all time. I don't have a problem with Batgirl or Supergirl being directed by female directors. I I really don't have a problem with that. As long as the script makes sense. As long as the actors do their jobs well. That's all I can really ask for. In terms of who would play the roles... I guess you can take the girl that plays Supergirl in the CW series, but we've seen what happened when you try to combine the CW series and something that goes on in the movie. They really don't mesh very well. If you don't believe me, look what happened with Gotham. 
I think around season three or season four when they killed off one of the main characters and they had to steer clear for him to be represented to the movie. And if that doesn't make any sense, look what happened with um, uh, Arrow. Spoilers, by the way, for season three, season four. If you haven't been paying, if you haven't been watching or paying attention, they killed off Black Canary. And the first time when I saw that, I thought to myself, "Why would you kill off a member of the Justice League? Like, why? Like it, that? That makes zero sense to me. Why?" Now, I have not seen season 6, and I'm sure Arrow is already in season 7 right now. I haven't seen them yet, so I don't know if Black Canary returns. I have no idea if she's back. But, I kind of feel like when they did that the first time, it was a kind of a slap in the face to the fans, to the hardcore fan base. It was kind of a slap in the face to do that. And apparently, Black Canary may be introduced into Margot Robbie's Birds of Prey. So there's some argument to be made there. There really is. These are exciting times to be looking forward to these movies and, you know, a lot of DC films because since Warner Brothers has now been bought by AT&T, they're definitely focusing more on solo movies. So we're not going to, I don't think we're going to get a Justice League 2 anytime soon. I don't think we're going to get another crossover movie anytime soon. I think Warner Brothers are going to do their own thing. They're going to reboot, probably reboot their franchise. And they're going to solely focus on solo films. Batgirl and Supergirl? Yeah, you can add that to the list. You can definitely add that to the list. At least that's in my opinion. (laughs) Speaking of Batgirl, see how everything is connected? You you can see how everything is connected. It's it's very, very interesting. News just hit. I wouldn't say just hit since I wasn't here. Ruby Rose has been cast as CW's Batwoman. So not only is Batwoman, which I've said before, is going to be part of the Arrowverse, but she's going to get her own CW series in the CW network. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, <laughs> you saw how I did that. Lo- that little long pause. I don't really have a problem with that whatsoever. What I do have a problem with, however, is the online trolls that pretty much pushed Ruby Rose to quit her Twitter. Now, let me start off from. I'm, I'm, I know it seems like I'm jumping around a little bit, but. I'm going to give my thoughts on this. I I really am. I'm going to give my honest personal opinion on Ruby Rose playing Batwoman. I have not seen many of Ruby Rose's performances or acting. Not as much. I have not seen all the uh, every episode of Orange is the New Black. I just finished watching The Meg literally a couple of days ago. Actually, no, yesterday. I was just finishing The Meg and she was okay there. Um, I think she was in a movie with Vin Diesel. Like, I, I don't know her. I don't know if she's an extremely good actress. I really, really don't. What I do know is you need a lesbian to portray 
Batwoman very well because Batwoman is a lesbian superhero. This goes back to me saying a few like a few weeks prior that we are now at an age where superheroes are going to expose more in terms of diversity between sexual orientation and race and culture and everything you can think of, right? So ever since then, ever since the whole news has been out, apparently there there have been these fucking asshole trolls saying that Ruby Rose is not lesbian enough to play Batwoman. And I'm guessing these are from the hardcore fans. Now look, let's 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 calm down for a second here. Let's let's not be sensitive, okay? Let me ask you a very very interesting question. Who do you know? What actress do you know? Because I can't think of one off the top of my head. What actress do you know that is quote unquote lesbian enough to want to play a character that's not really that mainstream from the Batman universe? Go ahead, I'll wait. I don't think there's anyone else other than Ruby Rose that can actually play that character. And I don't think for one second that we should judge her based on her being cast and her not seeing what she's capable of if she's going to be leading that entire series especially on a show and not a movie now i know what you're thinking oh well, garcia well you probably said the same thing about jesse eisenberg and ben affleck as lex luthor and batman and whatever No, you can't compare those three. You cannot. And let me explain to you why. We've known Lex Luthor literally like from the action comics in the 1940s. We've known Lex Luthor from the Superman animated series, from the animation movies that Warner Brothers continued to dish out. We've known Lex Luthor literally for a very long time. From media to shows, Smallville, the video games, Injustice, the list can go on and on, right? We already have a basic understanding and a basic idea in terms of who Lex Luthor is. What kind of character he portrays. What kind of person and what kind of uh, a strong personality Lex Luthor is. Okay? We've seen that from the Batman. The problem with Batman is... I wouldn't say the problem. The thing with Batman is he's been portrayed by many actors up to this point. Many actors. Rest in peace, Adam West. That was number one. Okay? Michael Keaton. Val Kilmer. George Clooney. Even though that was a botched... That that was just botched. Christian Bale. Ben Affleck. Okay? And out of all those people that I mentioned, there's only one that renames number one in my mind, in my heart of hearts, than anyone before. That is Kevin Conroy. Okay? So you have these different personalities, and you have these different people to play Batman, and you have these, uh, these voice actors or whoever to play Lex Luthor, right? 
But the thing with Jesse Eisenberg, when we first saw it the first time, we were extremely skeptical in terms of, does Jesse Eisenberg have what it takes to play a a, a menacing personality, a strong-willed personality like Lex Luthor? And the answer was no. Some roles should not be for certain people. I'm sorry. Certain people should not be deemed as certain roles. Okay. If it sounds good on paper, the execution needs to follow. And I know, and I know, it seems like I'm contradicting, uh, contradicting here. But just hear me out. Just like stop cursing me out and just hear me out for a second. All right. We've known Lex Luthor for a long time. We've known Batman for a long time. We've known Superman. We've known all these other superheroes. What is all? What do all of them have in common? They're all mainstream. They're all mainstream to the point that we've seen them time and time again in every show, in every movie, in every game, in every single form of media there is. Right? So we have an understanding in terms of what kind of person we want to see these characters are whenever they're played by certain actors. Okay? Jesse Eisenberg didn't fit that bill because... We've seen him from previous roles. If you rewatch Batman v Superman, you see Lex Luthor's son, quote unquote, which I think was a cop out and for him to not be the actual Lex Luthor, but whatever. In my mind, it was like I was watching another version of the social network. Jesse Eisenberg is twitchy, he talks fast, he's, he's a brilliant actor, don't get me wrong, I'm not hating on the guy, he's one of the most brilliant actors I've ever seen because he's good at what he does. But that's not Lex Luthor, and that's the point that I'm trying to make. What was the best thing about the Batman v Superman movie? Ben Affleck's Batman. Ben Affleck's Batman. That was the best thing of the entire movie. Justice League, they did him a complete 180. I wasn't buying it whatsoever. I, I just wasn't. Even though I kind of like Justice League a little bit more than Batman v Superman. Um, I just wasn't buying Batman's uh, uh, role. My point is this. Some actors, we could speculate, we can judge, or we can have an opinion in terms of how they're going to be whenever they get casted for a certain role, right? We cannot judge them if we've never seen them highly from previous roles. Does that make sense? Like, we can't be in a position to judge Ruby Rose from her past acting experiences since we haven't seen her in a lot of roles, at least I haven't. Maybe you have, or maybe the, the ones that are listening to this, maybe you guys have. Personally, I have not. Not to mention, don't you think it's unfair to judge her for her Batwoman role? Since we haven't even seen Batwoman in any way, shape, or form in terms of live action. The only thing we've actually seen her most was from... The 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 Batman animated movie. I believe it's Batman. It's not Batman versus Robin. The Bat Family. 
I don't know. The name was going to... It introduced the whole Bat family, but... Um, the name is going to come to my... The name is going to come to my... Like, Cold Batman... Bat Cold-Blooded or Batman Cold-Blooded, Cold-Blood something. I, I don't know, but... Something along those lines. It's easy for people to hate on certain others or certain individuals on Twitter or social media or whatever the case may be. Because that's all they're going to do. That's all they're going to do. What I'm saying is, try not to judge a book by its cover until you've seen the execution. Until you've seen what her role is actually like. If her role is terrible, we have every right to judge. Okay? Because a lot of assholes judged Heath Ledger before the Joker role from The Dark Knight. What happened? He knocked that out of the park, ran, caught the ball himself, and shoved it halfway down everyone's throats. Including Warner Brothers, because if you guys didn't know this... Warner Brothers had no idea what Heath Ledger's acting role was like when he took on the Joker. They pretty much trusted Christian no- uh, um, Christopher Nolan to be like, you know what, this is your movie, you do what you want. So at the end of the day, for Ruby Rose to play Batwoman, and for her... um. Her interview with Jimmy Fallon, I believe it was last week, where she said that uh, her mom has been nursing bats and, and they've been taking care of bats for a while or something along those lines. If you're a spiritual person or if you believe in the cosmos or if you believe in signs or you believe that everything happens for a reason and blah, 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 you know, you know that she was probably born to play this role probably before birth. So what does that tell you? Everything happens for a reason. Sometimes we agree with it. Sometimes we don't. I'm not hating on it. I hope she does a fantastic job. That's all I got to say about that. I hope she does a fantastic job in playing Batwoman. And at this point, I can't wait to see the show. Because hopefully we explore a little bit more Gotham and we can actually explore other characters that relates to Batman and not just the usual Cape Crusaders. But I digress. Whoo! That was a mouthful. <laughs> Let's continue on, shall we? So, the Death of Superman animated movie recently came out and I rented it. And I saw it yesterday. And this is, I'm going to try my... Well, Spoilers. He dies. For those of you who are hardcore fans that knows about Superman, the death of Superman, the comic book storyline, or the first animated movie or the first animated show that happened years ago, and of course the Batman v Superman role of Superman dying from Doomsday, yeah, that was taken from the death of Superman comic book storyline. And it was deemed to be one of the best comic book storylines ever when it came to Superman alone. But for my quick review of the Death of Superman animated movie that just came out. Um, I have to say it took a while for the movie to get going. But at the same time, after seeing the movie, I could kind of understand why. They want the audience to 
back up on Superman in terms of his relationships with Lois Lane, his relationship with the Justice League. They want to humanize Superman as much as they can so we can relate to him more so we can be on his side. That way, when his death happens, it leaves much more of a positive influence and it it leaves much more of a positive impact. Now, the animation directing was top-notch. I enjoyed the fight scenes between uh, Superman and Doomsday because Superman, again, slight spoilers, he was getting his ass handed to him. Handed to him. He was getting his ass whooped. Everyone in the Justice League was were getting their asses whooped. I thought the subplot of Lex Luthor having his men create these other aliens something, I think it was completely unneeded. I feel like they should have focused a lot more on the relationship between Superman and Lois Lane. Again, these are all... This continuity that I'm talking about right now literally started from Justice League War from 2014 all the way till now. Either 14 or 15. Yeah, it's one of those years. So right there, there's a main continuity. And DC has been doing a good job. I can't say great because some movies completely botched. They've been doing a good job with these animation movies. If you have not seen The Death of Superman... If you have not seen or read the comic book in any way, go and rent it. Rent it on your digital platform. It's about $3.99 or $4.99, whichever the case. Have a go. Enjoy it. I liked it. The ending kind of surprised me. And then I thought to myself, oh, okay, so they're definitely continuing with this. All right. So that's all I got to say about the death of Superman. What review I would give it? I'd probably give it like, um, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it particularly, but I, I, I give it a, like a 7.75 or close to an eight, close to an eight out of 10. I, and I would say definitely close to a 10 and close to a 10. Anyway, moving on. Ooh, so much going on. So much going on. Indeed. Joker is targeting for an R rating and it may contain nudity. Yeah, no shit. I talked about this before when the Joker was deemed to have his own origin story. Of course there's going to be an R rating. It's the fucking Joker. You honestly think that we want to see the Joker from a PG-13 of him killing people or him making people laugh to death or whichever the case. Or him tormenting others. Like We want to, we, we want to see the R rating. Like we do. We, we, we want to see the R rating. We want to see the nudity. We want to see the blood. We, we, we want... Here's the thing. When superhero movies have the R rating, it pretty much gives the directing and the studio much more free reign to do whatever the hell they want. Okay? If you guys didn't know... I'm, I'm gonna... I'm, you know what? I'll do you one better. It, uh, did you know? Did you know that Logan... Hugh Jackman had to take a huge pay cut for Logan to be rated R. Originally, Fox wanted to do it for PG-13 because they felt like 
every person, including children, should be able to watch the movie. Hugh Jackman was like, uh, no. If I'm going to do Wolverine justice, it must be rated R. And I feel like rated R movies, they have a lot more free reign to do whatever they want. Where it's like a no hold bar type thing. And I feel like the Joker definitely falls into that category. And I feel like Birds of Prey should fall into that category. I feel like Venom that's coming out in October should fall into that category. Unfortunately, there's a strong chance that Venom might be PG-13. Which I'm extremely sour about. I'm extremely sour about that. Joker being rated R definitely gets my vote. At least, that's my opinion. Moving on. Let's see. The Oscars are adding a best popular movie category for superhero and blockbuster films. So, basically, what I just said... The Oscars are now adding in a new category that is strictly for anything that's mainstream between blockbuster films like Star Wars and the Avengers and Marvel and DC movies and all of them combined, right? But at the same time, let's look at the flip side of that coin. Does this in any way interfere with the category for best picture. What if Wonder Woman 1984 wins best picture? Does she get best category or best popular movie as well? I don't know. I feel like you're like, like people are are walking into like uncharted territory, but this idea kind of sounds good on paper, but it's like I said before, We're going to have to see how exactly the execution is going to come out. So, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll we'll see what happens. Other news. Green Lantern. Green Lantern at first was rumored to be uh, starred by Mark Wahlberg. And now there's a chance that it could be starred by Tom Cruise. I'm going to be honest, I think I would favor Mark Wahlberg more than Tom Cruise, and here's the reason why. Green Lantern, Hal Jordan's Green Lantern, and I'm not talking about Ryan Reynolds' uh, portrayal of Green Lantern, but from a lot of movies and a lot of shows that I've seen, Green Lantern does have like a, I wouldn't say humorous personality, but he is funny and serious at the same time. And some actors, or a few actors to be exact, has to be in a position where they should take both roles at the same time. I feel like Mark Wahlberg, at this point, would be the better candidate to play Green Lantern than Tom Cruise. Now, is the Green Lantern movie that we're talking about now going to be... The original script that Warner Brothers already produced way before the changes of the DC Extended Universe? Or is this going to be Jeff Johns' portrayal of the Green Lantern Corps? Personally, I don't know. But it's not confirmed who's going to play Green Lantern. It's rumored Mark Wahlberg. I can kind of see it. I can understand why some people think it would not work. The same argument can go for Tom Cruise, but... At this point, 
your guess is as good as mine. Like seriously, your your guess is definitely as good as mine. Uh, in the last piece of news that I have, since I know it kind of feels like I'm rushing through this, but you just just bear with me. Yeah, just bear with me. Just bear with me as best I can. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer is returning from his superhero retirement to score Wonder Woman 1984. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, who is Hans Zimmer? Hans Zimmer, in in my personal opinion, is probably one of Hollywood's top five musical composers ever composed over 150 films for Hollywood in terms of musical scores and musical keys. The Dark Knight, Interstellar, I'm sure there are others. I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm just naming off the top of my head from what I remember. Hans Zimmer is deemed a fucking legend when it comes to musical scores. Okay. And for him to come back out of superhero retirement to score Wonder Woman 1984. It's only going to make us love the soundtrack and probably want to download the soundtrack from Wonder Woman that much more. Because if you think of Wonder Woman, the original, the first Wonder Woman uh, musical keys was actually awesome. That shit. Uh, that was a terrible portrayal, by the way. <laughs> Hans Zimmer. I'm definitely excited. I'm. I'm. I, I, to me, it probably would make me like the movie that much more. But as I said before, it's like I hope the acting is great. I hope the plot is good. I hope everything is like finissimo, you know, just finesse. It's got to be that 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 finesse when it comes to movies, you know, just you're tripping in finesse. That shit. <laughs> oh man, I'm getting way too ahead of myself. But yeah, Hans Zimmer's role. Definitely would. I dig it. In the quotes of uh, Aquaman. I dig it. I dig it. Very, very well. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, it's pretty much all the news that I can find out of this moment from these past couple of weeks. A lot of stuff has went down and I know I rushed through Everything bit by bit, but I had a strong, a lot of strong opinions about James Gunn and Ruby Rose and so on and so forth. But at this point, um, we are now closely resembled uh, going into September, a couple of weeks away, and no major movies in terms of comic book movies are actually going to get released until Venom in October, and. I think I think it could be a good thing, you know? Because this goes back to what I said about us needing a small break from superhero movies and just us doing whatever we like to do. 
you know, just just enjoy just us enjoying the moment and enjoying the um the anticipation of future movies. I'll tell you this though. What I am now looking forward to the most is probably the beginning of Phase 4, Marvel Phase 4, with Captain Marvel. It still boggles my mind, however, to this day, that Brie Larson, the same girl from Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, if you guys don't remember that movie, she's the girl that, she's the blonde girl uh, from the band, from that uh, rival band, pretty much broke Scott Pilgrim's heart. And she said in a seductive way, <laughs> I'm going to try my best not to laugh and creep anybody out. <laughs> you should so totally come. And he goes, that is so not going to happen. Great. I'll see you there. <laughs> I'm like, yo, if anyone told me back then that that chick was going to be Captain Marvel, I'd be like, you are out of your Fucking mind. Oh man. <sighs> you know what though? You know what? I will say this. I will say this. If there was ever a time to be more excited for any future films, it would probably be Captain Marvel. Avengers 4, and probably more of the DC films. Because now that DC has been acquired by AT&T, hopefully there's going to be more exciting stuff. I will admit, I'm not thrilled on Shazam, but I am thrilled on Aquaman, and I am thrilled on Joker, I am thrilled on Wonder Woman. I'm thrilled on all of these movies that are going to be coming out. If and only if Venom knocks it out of the park. I know it's not going to be perfect. But if Venom knocks it out of the park. I definitely want to see him. If Carnage is not in it. Or if he's briefly in it. I want to see Venom against Carnage. I want to see these characters from the Spider-Man universe. To assimilate their own universe. And have maybe Tom Holland be introduced to them in some way, shape or form. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's, 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 these are exciting times. These are not desperate times. These are exciting times, my friend. These are exciting times. (laughs) Oh man. But with all that being said, with all that's, with all that said, I'm so glad that I'm back. It's been two weeks of just being out in the field, training every day, doing what I do. But it's good to be back. It's good to it's good to know what new stuff is going to appear. It's good to find out what um, upcoming movies are going to happen. It's fun to reread my comics. It's fun to um, do the things that I love to do best, right? And I think I'm going to treat myself in terms of replaying some... Good games I haven't played in God knows how long for the PS4. So that's just me. <laughs> that's that's just going to be just me. With that being said, I'm so glad that each and every one of you have taken patience. Thank you so much for listening on this. Um, you can do me a solid. 
share with your friends, share with your family members. Um, it's only going to be a matter of time before I move on to a different platform. I believe it's going to be in the next few weeks that I'm going to expand. I'm going to create my own YouTube channel. I want to expose myself more. I want to, not in the gay way, I want to pretty much continue to grow not only as a podcaster, but as a voice, as someone that believes very passionately in terms of voiceover, very passionately in terms of being on the microphone and very passionately just stating my own thoughts and stating my own opinions taking what other people have said, look at it from a different perspective, and just pretty much put my own voice and my own interpretation on everything that's been going on. And I feel like at this point, like that's pretty much the best thing for me to do, not only as of now as a human being, but for me to move on and move forward with, with my career. It's, I'm only over a year left from the National Guard being done. Um... I'm going to take a couple of training classes in terms of voiceover. I'm going to take more classes. I want to go to auditions. I want to I want to challenge myself so much more in terms of being a character and to also, you know, do what I do best. And that is be involved with comic books and be involved with sports and being involved with everyday things through my voice. So, I'm hoping that I can achieve that dream. And all of you can help me achieve that dream. Sharing, uh, give me feedback, give me pointers, um, ask questions. If you want shout outs, uh, make your comments as long as they're respectful. If you can tell me to fuck off, then by all means, you can tell me to fuck off, whatever the case you want. But no better time than now. It's my 20th episode of the podcast. I'm still going strong. I'm still trying to go strong. Every week, something is always new, something always happens, news always drops, shit like that. With that being said, here's a quote from Dave Batista himself, or at least Drax the Destroyer. <clears throat> from Guardians of the Galaxy 2. When you're ugly and someone loves you, you know they love you for who you are. Beautiful people never know who to trust. And all I got to say to that, Drax, is you're absolutely right because you by far are one ugly motherfucker as well. That's so mean. <laughs> oh, man. I hope Drax does not leave Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Well, I hope Batista doesn't leave Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Oh, man. I'm, re I'm, re I'm really, really hoping. I'm, I'm really hoping. He doesn't leave. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for your patience. Once again, I am back. Uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at the MG Magnum or on Instagram on MG Magnum 715. I'm debating about making a Snapchat again. It's going to be my third time making one because the first two times I just didn't see the point of them whatsoever. But I'm debating about making a Snapchat again. I'm, I'm debating, you know. Tune in next week where more comic book news will arrive at our doorstep. Until then, I am done. I am through. Peace out. Later.